You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. I want us now to turn and look at the verses that we read together a short time ago from Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, and verses, especially verses 41 to 44. Now, Palm Sunday, as we call it, was really a truly an audacious event. When you think of the Lord Jesus coming to the outskirts of the city of Jerusalem and riding into the city on that donkey and the people all shouting, Hosanna, it had all the, the spectacle of a king visiting his capital. It, all, it had all the, the, the spectacle of someone coming to claim his, his, his inheritance. And the people, the people understood that, didn't they? they? They cried out, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Verse 38. So there's no doubt that the people had in mind the, the verses from uh, like Zechariah 9 and verse 9 where it spoke of a king coming, riding on a, a, a colt or on a donkey. There's no doubt that in the minds of the disciples, the Lord Jesus was coming to, to claim, to claim uh, his, his inheritance. It was a day of, of celebration. No more, no more was he going about secretly. Do you remember? Do you remember? He said at different times, especially in chapter 9 and verse 21, he said, my time has not yet come. And he went away into the wilderness. He went away to, to, uh, to, to keep out of the way of the people. But that was all past. That was past. Now it was the time. Now it was the time. Now his time had come. Now the Pharisees were told, tried to stop this. But Jesus, Jesus wouldn't, he wouldn't rebuke the people. He said, if they keep quiet, the very stones will cry out. Verse, verse 40. A tremendous event, wasn't it? But then think of what happened next. Think of what happened next. You have the sound of cheering, you have the shout of Hosanna, and then in verse 41, he saw the city and he wept over it. He wept over it. What a contrast. The contrast between this victory parade and then looking out over the city and there are, there's weeping, there's, there are there are tears. Let's, let's think about this then more fully this morning. You can picture the scene, really. I, I often think of it. I, I, I was minister in Belfast for a long time. And, and when you go up the, uh, the, the, the road towards the airport, up the uh, up the, the Crumlin Road and you turn the horseshoe bend and you stop and you look out over the city. You look out over Belfast and you see all the different parts that you can pick out the shipyard cranes, you can pick out the buildings, you can pick it all out. And you can see, you see the hundreds of streets. And it re reminds me of this situation here. 
where Jesus came and he looked down on the city of Jerusalem. He looked down on the city of Jerusalem and he burst into tears. What a contrast. What a contrast. But why? Why did he burst into tears? Well, you see, the Savior knows. He contrasts what is now with what shall be. He knows the awful end of this city. Here it is with all its beauty and, and, and full of people and full of business and, and, and the temple and all the different things that are in it. But he knows that there's another day coming, a terrible day coming. And there'll be thousands and thousands of the inhabitants will be put to death and a terrible destruction. And that will happen just 35 years on in A.D. 70. So why the tears? Why the tears? Well, the Lord Jesus knows. He, he sees the final end of Jerusalem. But it reminds us, doesn't it, then, that the love, the love the Lord Jesus had for this city and the love, really, that the Lord Jesus had for, 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 for sinful men and women. Whenever you think of those who inhabited Jerusalem, those that Jesus uh, were looking down upon, he knew their hearts, he knew their cruelty, he knew their stubbornness, he knew their hatred of him and, and the truth. He knew that in a few days' time they would shout, crucify him, crucify him. And yet the Lord Jesus weeps over the city. He weeps over the city. He was filled with sorrow for, for those who hated him. Behold, what love, what manner of love. When you think of someone weeping for, for someone who, who hates you, can you think of being concerned for someone who wants to put you to death? But that's what, that's what was happening here. The Lord Jesus had this great love for the city and great love for the people. Now, these people had no, had no thought for him, really. They had no concern for the things of God, but yet, yet his, heart was filled, his heart was filled with sorrow uh, as he looked out over the city. You know, sometimes people might say to you, how do, how do you know that the Lord Jesus loves you? How do you know that he loves you? How do you know that he loves people? Well, here's an example very clearly. It shows how he loves people. It shows how these men and women with all their sin, and yet Jesus is, is filled with compassion and love for them. He told, he told so many times throughout his ministry. He spoke about the sheep that was lost. He spoke about the shepherd going after the one sheep to bring it in. He spoke about the young man, just a few, the rich young man who came to him and said to him, he said to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the young man, the young man uh, was told, Jesus told him what to do, but he refused to do it. And he went away. And what did, what do we read? Jesus was filled with sorrow for him. He loved him. He wanted him. He wanted him to listen. He wanted him to obey, but he didn't, he didn't obey. He, he said, you would not come unto me that you might have life. That men and women would come to him in and, and repentance. This is the love of the Lord Jesus. You know, no one, no one will be able to say, look, the Lord Jesus didn't love me. Look, the Lord Jesus reached out in love for sinners. 
You can't say that he didn't love you. He's calling you to, he calls men and women and young people to come unto him. No one will be able to, to point the finger at Jesus and, and say, there was no love for me. He wept over those who hated him. And the Lord Jesus is filled with love, love. What is, what is our attitude to him? What is our attitude to him? Think of his love. How, how can you sometimes wonder when you think of Easter, when you think of all that happened, you, you say, how can a heart be, how can a heart remain unbroken, unmoved whenever you think of what Jesus did? Whenever you think of Jesus dying for, the, for people like us, we didn't deserve it. And yet he died for us. Is your heart not moved with love for him? Is your heart not moved with love for him? So the Lord Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem. They would not come unto him. But then I want you to notice secondly, or ask the question secondly, how great is our love for those, those who are lost? How great is our love for those who are lost? What of the, the love of God's people for, 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 for those around us? The Savior wept over Jerusalem. What did, the, what did the disciples think as they watched him? After all, he was the king, wasn't he? he the one who had come into reign. What would they have thought? But he's, he's in tears now. He's looking out over the cities in tears. He was supposed to come and conquer the city, but he's in tears. Would they have been embarrassed? Would they have been uncomfortable? But you see, they did not see what he saw. They saw a city full of people, a city in many ways welcoming him. And here there was this great opportunity. Enter in, take possession of the city. But the Savior wept. He saw the awful wickedness of their hearts and he saw the sin of that city. But is there any indication that the disciples had the same concern? Had they the same concern? No indication of that. And let me, let me ask, let me ask uh, uh, every, every Christian today, what, how, what concern have you got what concern have you got for men and women today who are on the broad road that leads to a lost eternity? What concern have you got? Does it ever cross your mind? Does it ever cross your mind? It's, you know, J.C. Ryle was a great Anglican bishop of Liverpool years, over well over 100 years ago. And he, he put it like this, he said, we know very little of true Christianity if we do not feel a deep concern about the souls of unconverted people. Listen, listen to that again. We know very little of true Christianity if we do not feel a deep concern about the souls of unconverted people. If we can look at men and women today on the broad road that leads to lost eternity and have no concern... What, 
have we any real concern for true Christianity, if that's the case? Have we? Or, or do we just shrug our shoulders and say, well, sure, they can do what they like and I'll do what I like. That's not the case now. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Pray that more laborers into the harvest. The Lord Jesus knew, you see, what lay in store for the city of Jerusalem, the awful destruction and the death that it would soon suffer. But are we concerned today? Are we concerned? If you're a Christian, surely you should be concerned. What about, what about those neighbors or friends that you know who have no time for the Lord Jesus? What about praying? Do you pray for them? Do you pray for them? Do you ever think about what, what the future holds for them? That one day they will hear the awful words, depart from me, I never knew you. And the wicked shall go into everlasting fire, preferred for the devil and his angel. You know, sometimes you hear people, I've heard people like these big cup matches, these big football matches, and one man said that, that, that hell is supposed to be losing the cup final. Well, hell is not losing the cup final. Such a lot of nonsense. Hell is that place prepared for those who turn their back and reject the Lord Jesus. What caused the Savior to weep? Was it the knowledge, was it the knowledge that these men and women so busy and so bustling about this city, just like any city today, would very soon suffer the the most dreadful anguish, the most dreadful anguish. So do we really care about our neighbors or friends? Enough to pray for them, and enough to come to the prayer meeting and pray for them? Enough to pray for them at home? David the psalmist cared. He, he said, rivers of waters run down mine eyes because men don't keep thy law. And Paul cared in Romans chapter 9, he said, I have great heaviness and continual sorrow for my brethren. My heart's desire is that Israel would be saved. What a desire. My heart's desire is that, that John would be saved, that Mary would be saved, that the person up the road would be saved. Have we that desire? Have we that desire? remember listening to a sister, hearing about the, a sister of a, a brother. He drank himself to death. There was no other way you could put it. And she's a lovely Christian lady. And what was her? You know, John died without Christ. What would you say? John died without Christ? You ever think of that? As far as she was concerned, that's what happened. That's what happened. You know, when I think of the number of times that I stood around the grave sides of people, no time, 
No time for Jesus. Are we concerned enough to pray Jesus wept over the city? Jesus wept over the city. The hymn writer put it, rescue the perishing, care for the dying. He said, weep o'er the erring ones, snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. Or Charles Wesley put it, I would the precious time redeem and longer live for this alone to spend and to be spent for them who have not yet my Savior known. Oh, think about, think, have not yet my Savior known. Are we concerned about those who know not Christ? Who know not, who know not Christ? Jesus wept over the city. He wept over the city. But I want you to notice also here that the city was accountable. It wasn't as if they were uh, something that came to them out of the blue, you might say. Notice in, in verse 41, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known in this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. But they had been told. The apostles, the, the, the writers in the Old Testament had made it clear. The people, the people should have known who the Lord Jesus was. They had cried out, Blessed be the King who comes in the name of the Lord. They knew, look, this is, this is someone special. But they, they then turned around and crucified him. They wanted an earthly king, you see. They wanted somebody, instead of coming on a little donkey, they wanted somebody to come on a big white horse with a big sword and chase the Romans out. But that's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to seek and to save from sin. And Isaiah spoke about him. They knew about Isaiah. Jeremiah spoke about him. Micah spoke about him. Zechariah spoke about him. The message, the message was what, that one would come and rule in righteousness. One would rescue men and women from sin and reconcile them to God. That was the message. But they rejected him. They turned their back upon him. And they had no excuse. They were accountable. Jerusalem ought to have known just the way men and women today ought to have known, ought to know. And now somebody might think, well, look, I, 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 I didn't know. I didn't, but how could anyone say that? Heard the gospel from our earliest days. There'd be no excuse whenever we stand before God. No, we cannot just simply say, I, I didn't know. These people, these people were accountable. But then notice as well that in verse 44, they, they were accountable because they did not recognize the day of their visitation. It tells you at the very last line, it says, they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Oh, the, the destruction of Jerusalem was going to be awful. Whenever we read of what happened 35 years later, whenever the Romans come, came and attacked it and, and laid siege to it, they tore it down. They tore the city down. And that's what Jesus is saying here. They will not leave one stone upon another. 
and he wept over it because he knew this was what was going to happen. This was their day of visitation. Now was the time, now was the, the time they needed to turn from their sin and, and turn to Christ, but they weren't going to do that. Whenever you think of it, whenever you read the New Testament and, and read, read what Jesus did, read about, think about some of his miracles. Think about the widow woman who was burying her son. And Jesus came and went and, and touched, the, touched the hearse or touched the, the, the coffin. And the young man sat up. Who had ever seen the like of that before? What about the, the, the girl that was lying dead in, in the ruler's house and the people were all weeping and Jesus came in and said, don't be weeping, she's only sleeping. And they laughed at him, but he, he said, arise. What about the man that was laid, laid down through the roof, couldn't walk? And Jesus said to him, pick up your bed and walk. How many, many miracles need to be done to, to convince people that Jesus is indeed the Son of God? That Jesus is indeed the Messiah? What other city had received so much as Jerusalem? Jesus had called them to himself. He came and he preached, and you'd wonder, how could men resist? But it tells us here, they did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. You see, the awful destruction recorded in verses 43 and 44 was so great. But at this time when Jesus was in their midst, this was their time. This was their day of visitation. This was their time when they needed to seek the Lord. And that's the case with every one of us, isn't it? When we have a day, on the day of opportunity, we need to seek, we need to seek him whenever, whenever we have the opportunity to do so, not, not to turn away from him. Because whenever tomorrow comes, it may be too late. You know, I, when you think of down through the years of people who've sat, sat in services of worship for years and years, and yet still didn't know Christ, still didn't come to the Savior. And yet whenever, and whenever the end comes, there's no Savior. There's no salvation. Now is the day of our visitation. Now we must, now we must take heed. And that's the case, isn't it? Years will quickly slip away and it soon comes to the day when every one of us will hear the final call. And somebody, somebody said, you know, heard saying, yesterday I was 16, tomorrow I'm 76. It just seems to pass away like that, doesn't it? Yesterday I was 16 and now I'm, tomorrow I'm 76. And some of you young people, you say maybe you're 16 or 17 or 18. Have you trusted Christ yet? Because it will not be long until you're 76. The years will fly by. The years will fly by. And you need the Savior. We all need the Savior. Have you trusted him? Have you trusted him? 
the day of their visitation, the day whenever God in his mercy and grace visited Jerusalem and they turned their back upon the Savior. But so many today are turning their back upon on Jesus, turning away from him. Oh, I trust there's no one here will do that, do that in these uh, today. But think of it in conclusion. Think of what a day of contrast this was. Here was Jesus riding into Jerusalem. The king has come. And then, a short time later, weeping over the city. Weeping over the city. Because they would not come unto him. So what about us today? What about, what about us? Do we know the true joy that is only possible whenever we come to Christ? Have we, have we trusted him? And truly, if you're a Christian today, have you a burden for those who are lost? Do you pray for those who are on the broad road today? Do you pray for them? To pray that God would pour out his spirit upon them and, and that he would draw them savingly, savingly to himself. Jesus wept over the city. Surely we should be concerned about those who are lost. Those who are lost. This is the day. This is the day of his visit, the visitation, Jesus said. And yet they rejected him. Oh, don't turn away. Don't turn away from Jesus. But open your heart and follow him. Follow him only. Let's pray. Thank you.